Hello and welcome to the Melon Mancy podcast. My name is Sarge. I'm joined here with Dylan and Victim, and I have always wondered why there were so many stories of vampires in Europe and not Africa. And then I remembered, man, holy water, it kills vampires, and they bless the rains down in Africa. I hate you. <laughs> so, for context, dear listeners, Sarge, who did the intro in the last episode, begged to do the one in this episode because he had a really good pun to use and part of me died inside <laughs> begged he says it was hey can i do the intro for the next episode when we come back because i have a really good pun i want to use and i was like oh yeah sure i was ready for a pun but i swear i just don't know what i expected <sighs> i'm tempted to drink this mystery liquor on my desk oh god <laughs> no oh so it's been a while uh so anyone who uh in the distant future who decides to binge our podcast episode by episode, you wouldn't notice this. But for people who listen to us when we release, we haven't recorded since January. I, I looked the other day at our SoundCloud profile where the physical audio files are stored. And episode 20, the previous episode, was released like in the middle of January 2020. And it is currently August 9th. Ugh. Not that long ago. But it's been one hell of a year. We were social distancing from all of you. Yeah. So so the, this new pandemic-ridden, socially distant world seems like the perfect time to do a podcast. But uh, I was actually going out of my way in a very difficult scenario to actually make the show. I, I mentioned the story in, in previous episodes, but I was living on the cheap with my in-laws in order to save up to buy a house. And I did. Like, I moved in. Uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I, in fact, have not finished unpacking. But here we are. So I lived with my in-laws for some time. It was really great. I actually really enjoyed my time there. They really hooked me up. I, I wasn't, it wasn't free, but it was cheaper than anything I could have possibly arranged. And that allowed me to aggressively pay off my credit card, which was holding up my debt-to-income ratio required to qualify for the USDA loan, that's the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA has this loan program for first-time homebuyers that has no down payment. Uh, you just need to meet the requirements. So it's like moving into a new house to rent. You don't even need a down payment. Whereas when, you, when you're renting, you might need like a security positive of a few hundred, right? Uh, of course, I had plenty in savings. I actually had enough in savings for a down payment, uh, but I'm spending it on other shit and saving as much as I can. So what ended up happening was is I stayed with my in-laws, paid off my credit card, paid off a couple other things. I'm still in debt. I still have like a student loan. But like I have a very manageable and reasonable student loan. I, I didn't go to like art school for underwater basket weaving. I went to UW. <laughs> You're going to regret that later in life, I swear. I keep telling you this. Oh, I know. Like, um, I think college is a scam, and I'm not going to recommend that my kids do it. Oh, no, I meant underwater basket weaving. It's going to save your life. Oh, it, yeah. It would have saved your life one day. Underwater basket weaving is the sport that I'm going into the X Games with. I plan to win a gold medal. I'm excited to see that. Sars the Barge, gold medalist, underwater basket weaving. Extreme yeah. underwater basket weaving. You're going to be up there with the legends like Tony Hawk and... Uh, Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know other sports people. Travis Pastrana, uh, <laughs> first ever front flip or back, double back flip. My bad. 
in competition? Sports. And 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 Kurt Angle. Uh. Yeah, except I won't have a broken freaking neck. Maybe I should. No, your lungs will just fill with water. Yeah, you're right. Because it's extreme underwater basket weaving. Yeah. What are you going to do? No, so to reiterate, I live with my in-laws. I saved up some money. I paid off a lot of my debts to bring my debt-to-income ratio down to a reasonable level. Got the house. Uh, it took so long to close because... Since the last episode we recorded, there has been a global pandemic that is still not over, and that caused a lot of turmoil in government programs and staffing. So things that normally take like a month take like three. <laughs> and um, this house was vacant for two and a half months because the, um, the previous owner was like some sort of like hotshot brewer guy in Seattle, and he went and opened his own brewery in, in California. So he chased the dream and he's like, this is my chance. I got to go now. They accepted my offer and like immediately moved. And then it just took forever to close on the loan through no fault of anyone. And it just kind of sucked. Isn't that kind of a weird thing to do during a global pandemic? You're like, oh, fuck, a global pandemic. It's time to go be a brewer down in California. Chasing his dream. Is it a realistic dream? No. Is California a great place to live? No. But, you know, he took his opportunity. Maybe he's from there. Godspeed, my poor fool. I've seen the commercials for tourism to California, and it looks like a fantastic place to live. And if you have any arguments, I would take them up with one Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he will crush you. He's not the governor anymore. Yeah, but he's in the commercials. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. I went there for a regional championship for the Pokemon trading card game. I think I told this story before. I also visited some in other in-laws while I was down there. And, and other friends that used to live here and then moved. So I've been to California twice uh, in total. Uh, spent most of my time in Northern California where it's actually nice, not the scorched hellscape that is Southern California, which is a, a monument to man's arrogance because it is too hot to live. What, you don't like forest fires? No, that's in Northern California. Southern California oh, is okay, just you, So you do like forest fires, got it. Sir, excuse me. I. Have you ever been through like Arizona and Nevada? Like, oh, it's even worse, I'm sure. Like um, but monument to man's arrogance. No, no, there's still there's still plenty of arrogance to be had. Listen, Sarge, arrogance needs multiple monuments. When the floods come, I'm moving to Alaska. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> Alaska sounds like a great place to live. Oh, but anyway, I'm um, moving to Greenland. <laughs> when the floods come you move to greenland all of a sudden a huge portion of it is no longer ice and it's probably gonna be wonderful it's free real estate are you trying to tell me that as it floods it's gonna it's just gonna freeze you see it's a misnomer greenland is actually almost all ice and then iceland is actually like really pretty greenery yes well this is what and it's just cold it's what you get when you ask the vikings the name shit for you yeah, there was an anime about that. I think it's what you get when the Vikings were really high. A small tangent about that. Did you guys know that uh, there's a good, like a really good chance uh, that Vinland actually is New or, or well, Newfoundland or New Brunswick? Um, but since grapes can grow this far down, they actually think that New Brunswick, the, the province I live in here in Canada, may be what that anime is based on. Nice. We talked about this previously. We probably have. I do remember. Either way. 
I cannot get over the fact that there is a place just called Newfoundland. Hey, we found some new land. What should we call it? You want to know something even worse about it? It was a country up until like after the uh, Second World War. You want to know what's even worse about it? They're like only slightly less intolerable than French Canadians. I mean, uh, is that no, true? That's not true. French Canadians, they're like known as being arrogant pricks because a large chunk of them are, get this one, uh, arrogant pricks. But then <laughs> you go to Newfoundland and they're like super hospitable, super awesome guys. But if they get angry, they're also loud, loud mouths. So they will scream and yell way louder than you. They also speak the worst language ever, which is new. Broken Canadian. <laughs> Isn't that just Quebecian? No, no. It, you, you've heard like the Canuck accent, like the stereotypical Canadian accent that comes from Newfoundland. That, that's where it originated. Is that what you have? No, I, I have what is known as an, the Atlantic Canadian accent. Atlantic Canadian. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's like Diet Boston. It's Diet Boston. <laughs> it is Diet is yes, Yeah. Diet Boston. Wait, isn't Boston just Diet Brooklyn? Yeah. But Brooklyn is unintelligible. Have you listened to Symbolite talk? Like, it's... <laughs> I've, I've gotten used to him. You take somebody from Brooklyn, and then you just, for some reason, they can just pitch up an octave or two for no fucking reason whatsoever, and then speak stupid. Er, that's new fees. And all of a sudden, I'm canceled. Ha <laughs> ha. It's fine. Newfie lives matter. I kind of regret uh, growing up in the Seattle area because I don't think our accents that anything special. Like nobody can pin down where I'm from based on how I talk. It's just like you're just a guy, and it's like, but I'm from a really specific place. It's like getting called British when you're from from Wales. I take everything I just said back, not because I'm afraid of being canceled. You know the stereotypical Wisconsins, Wisconsinites. Yes, actually, I I I know I know where you're going with this. Uh, aren't those those people <laughs> that wear like those weird hats that look like a block of cheese? No, they're the ones that are like, "Hey, do you want some cheese? Don't you know?" Okay, those people. Okay, except Canadian. Yeah, that's fair. Uh... I mean, I, I, most of the Midwest is basically Canadian America. No, no, just Wisconsin. No, even Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. A anyways, Vic. So uh, well, that's it. The, the accent, the, the Seattle accent, isn't anything special, or I guess Pacific Northwest is more you accurate. Speak American, and you have an American I guess. accent. You don't. Sound and then like I was given a really hard. I was given like a really hard to pronounce name from Wales, and it's like nobody can spell it right. Nobody can say it right, you especially if they're not from America. Like it's even worse. Excuse me. Uh, the... You know, I've never, I've never said it before. Dylan really isn't that hard, like a name. Like for other, like for instance, like around here, I knew like five Dylans. I never once That's heard them. What like, I would expect. Have like a hard time. That's not. But a like different... the only people that the only people that I know that can say my name right are people from like most parts of the United States. Like born here, like at least like third generation immigrated, right? Yeah at least, uh, or more. And then um, people from the UK are the only people that can pronounce it right. Everyone else is like, that, that's why my my handle online is Dylon, because that that's how, you know, 
a, a mutual friend of, of me and Sarge's parents from Germany pronounced it, and that was fucking hilarious. Uh, and then I've heard that pronounced that same way by people from India and by people from the Philippines. They just cannot uh, figure it out. Yeah, wait till the Japanese person tries to pronounce it. I, 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 I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd do I, it, but I it's going to no. sound really broken, and it's going to it's gonna be... No, I can only... <laughs> okay, I legitimately thought you just were like, Dylon spits hot fire from the Chappelle thing, and then you said... That was the other thing, like, then it was, it was this weird coincidence of, oh, this joke is new and very funny, and oh, parents called me Dylon, and that's weird, because they're German, like, weird it's like, oh, okay. Weird because they're German, or... <laughs> You'd think they pronounced it right, but they didn't, and it's weird. Yeah, I got you. I mean, and here we are. I mean, think about <laughs> think about having the name Brendan, for instance. Uh, spoiler alert! Hey, that's my first name. I cannot tell you how long it took before someone actually called me by my real name. I was Brandon for like the first ten, fifteen years of my life. I I could believe it. I could believe it. Like I'm not even talking like you know random people. I'm talking like family people that fucking know my name. Yo, legitimately, I once had somebody spell my name J O W E. Did you did you did you subsequently kill them? <laughs> Hello, Joey. Like at that point, you need to enact your own Darwinism. I, I don't know how to how to put that lightly. Do you? How the fuck do you hear Joey and go Joey? <laughs> do you know Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking getting lightheaded. I know Joey. Hashtag name reveal. Sarge's name is Joey. No, no, no. My name is Joey. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, anyway, 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 anyway. Not only was I saving up money to move, I was working really hard. And my free time after work has just been dwindling and dwindling. But. Weird thing about having kids. <laughs> like. Oh, I, I, and I have two kids, one of which is almost a year old. The other is older. Uh, <laughs> he is three. No, but um, what's it called? I have I got a promotion and I got a fat raise and I'm not even done. I also got a fat bonus of uh, what's called a restricted stock unit, which is like, oh, stay at this company for four years and all of this stock will be yours at the value that the company is because it's made of stock. It's not made of money. And, oh, you get a fourth of it every year. So, I mean, you could take out a yearly bonus with it if you wanted. But I'm just going to wait the whole four years and get, like, a lump sum. Because it's uh, almost a six-figure number, but it is, in fact, a five-figure number. But it is very high and starts with the number eight. <laughs> so, that raises one other question. Do you have a fat cock? Well, naturally. Okay. I mean, it was just, it's the natural progression of fat things that you have. So, report. <laughs> Ribbed for your pleasure. No, um, for who? Speaking pleasure, of, of, of <laughs> <laughs> you heard him. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm snitching. I don't. <laughs> I know your wife, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. No, um. Anyway, so yeah, we didn't record for a while. We were just like, I'm just gonna wait till I move because it's just too difficult to arrange time where I could be at my computer with the room alone because that's another another complication of living with my in-laws is that my computer was in a shared space and i didn't want to record with ambient noise in the room as fancy as my microphone is having like other people on their computers playing video games with voice chat not gonna fly 
Yeah, um, at that point, you need a beefy studio setup, like not just a mic. You yeah, need, like the other two point five k you need to spend. Yeah, fuck that. I was just like, I'm just gonna wait till I move, and then we'll just we'll just take a break and start season three, and it'll be awesome. And we're gonna start uploading more consistently, and we're gonna record, and it's gonna be great. And yeah, so we back. I snitched. <sighs> it's just jokes, man. He says that uh, anyway. a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> She's got my back, man. No, uh anyway. So yeah, I got a house. I got a promotion. I got a fat dick. I <laughs> That was no, brought on um, by that job, right? Naturally, I, I mean, you get, you, uh, you, when you, know, you make that kind of money, uh, you get to spend it on something, right? It, it's big dick wages for big dick energy. No, so um, there's another thing I wanted to address before we get into the shit we wanted to talk about today. So a couple people pointed out that in the last episode, which by the way, Mel Nancy podcast episode 20 recorded in the middle of January when nuclear war with Iran was imminent. By the way, some people have forgotten this already because it's fucking August. Uh, yeah, they got, um, coroned. No, well, so basically what happened was, is that in that episode, uh, Sarge went on a very long rant, uh, of political nature. And normally I would either edit down this content or challenge him more to make a more interesting listening experience, but I just let him talk. And then when it came to editing, I was like, are we even going to be alive tomorrow? I'm fucking leaving it in. <laughs> and then everybody hated it because you're all a bunch of bitches. Fucking fight me. But anyway, so, um, to address the feedback, I want to make something really clear is that I really dislike discussing politics on the internet. And I, let me tell you why it's because people on the internet, uh, that are the loudest and have the biggest platform and talk about politics all the time have very annoying surface level views that have high viral spread. And because of this, people assume everyone else has a very shallow view because what they think is shallow. Uh, or what they think is deep is shallow, and they don't understand enough political science to really get the nuances of it. For example, if you go on the internet and be like, hey, you know, I don't like Donald Trump, they're going to assume a bunch of things about you. Uh, you probably won't get a lot of feedback because it's like well, a lot of people think that, right? But if you say something a little bit deeper, like, you know, the conservative thing for Trump to do would have been to close the, the ICE camps at the border because that's needless government spending and they should just turn the people around that they catch crossing the border. Why do we need to detain them and separate them? That's bullshit. Um, and then conservatives lose their minds because they've been defending Trump this whole time. And it's like, why keep them? Right. And then they, they're not prepared for that. And then you can go to a different crowd of people and you'd be like, hey, I think it's kind of fucked up. Joe Biden was one of the people that helped draft that bill in the 1980s that uh, effectively incarcerated an entire generation of black people. That's kind of fucked up. And they're like, you're just racist and trying to support Trump. It's like, you're not even addressing my argument here, lady. Like, <laughs> You can't just say one thing without explaining like for 30 minutes on a random tangent, like the rest of your argument and basis of your beliefs, because they'll just assume a bunch of shit that's not true. And then you have to like spend all this effort, like digging out of this hole of, no, I don't think that you got me wrong and blah, 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 blah. It's not it's fucking worth it. It's the system being broken and everybody's <laughs> stupid. That's why we need ranked choice voting so that third parties can be active in the conversation, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I mean- there's nothing stopping you from voting for a third party, but if a third party actually won, all they would do is replace the loser in the two-party system, Yeah, which might be cool 
And I'm probably still going to do it because I live in a blue state. My vote doesn't matter. But you mean you don't live in Wisconsin or one of the other swing states where your vote counts as literally three of any other person in the world? Wow. Right. Also, in 2016, there were states that swung that weren't considered swing states, which was kind of wild. And we might see that again in 2020. So while we've taken this tangent and I had all this preamble about political bullshit, if we're going to take bets on the election coming in less than 100 days, what do you think is going to happen? Start with victims since you're Canadian. Oh, well, a um, no, but it's, I don't know, it's hard to tell. I think one of the big things for me looking onwards is that like as a Canadian looking at the way you guys have set everything up and I say you guys I mean like America as a whole like all 370 million of you nerds you guys have not given you guys uh, a pretty it's pretty much the same thing as as, uh, as 2016 except uh, they can't claim that you're not voting for the woman because you're a misogynist is, is essentially the issue they run they run into well, hey, now you can still do that in 2020 because the the libertarian candidate is a woman. Oh, this time. Well, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea. Nobody knows who she is. It's okay. I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> I guess like two parties. I mean, in Canada, it's not much better. I mean, we have two parties that sit above two other parties, so it's technically a four party system. But the other two parties have never been voted in. This reminds me of that video game Emperor Battle for Dune or Dune Three, as it were, made by Westwood, where. There's two, like, well, actually three teams you pick from, but you can get like a sub faction and all the sub factions are the same across all the teams. And that gives you like extra units and like you can go against an opponent with the same sub factions as you and you might have some same unit clashing. It's kind of cool. I don't that, That's a totally random tangent just came to mind. Yeah, but if I had to pick what's going to happen, I think that your country has kind of seen enough happen and enough has been, you know, enough shit has been like flung and slung and whatever words that. I have a feeling that maybe Biden might win. Maybe that's a bit of a weird one, um, a weird thing to think. But uh, from the outside looking in, that's what I'm. I'm that's that'll be my prediction. I, I'll eat my words uh, if <laughs> if not. But I don't know. I, I think it's a reasonable prediction. So, Sarge, what's your prediction for the 2020 well, outcome? Like you said, that's a reasonable prediction because the polls are so much more in favor, and these are in states that were in Donald Trump's favor in 2016. So they're so much more in favor for Biden. But there's a lot of variables that are going on, what with the plague and everything. Not not everybody uh, Pokemon goes to the polls. I've never been polled. I don't even know how to sign up for a poll. You get absentee voting, don't you? We, we get, yeah, we have the little like mail yeah. order if you want yeah. to do it that way. Yeah. Don't say mail voting because then they're going to freak out. And, it's not oh, even really no, mail, mail voting. voting. You, you do it at home and then you drive up to a box and you drop it off. Like, Yeah, absentee voting and mail vo voting by mail are the same it, thing. It's curbside and, pickup voting. <laughs> yeah, and people, people are like, you can't vote by mail. It's super bad and voter fraud, even though statistics show that, no, that's impossible. Not impossible, but not, not a thing. Most forms of voting are going to have that risk. I think the I think the big thing that nobody ever really likes to say or focus on is that nothing's perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. We kind of live in the real world and in reality where that's just literally nothing. It's like people are like I hate capitalism or or people are like, um, fuck I don't know. There was someone who was trying to like equate communism with uh, socialism the other night, and I, I hate when I look at it because it's like. The response to all of it is just like, like, yeah, nothing's perfect. Everything has its flaws. That's just how shit is. I don't know why. Why, why does that surprise people sometimes? I don't know. 
But the Conservative Party has taken the stance that uh, mail-in voting or absentee ballot, mail-in voting, those specific term, that specific term is uh, the doom of society and so on and so forth because everybody will cheat even though they're like absentee val- ballots are perfectly fine. They're the same thing. I don't get why they're saying I, I don't understand. Just boomers going to boom, I guess. But like, so what's your prediction? I think if there's not an issue with the plague that Biden is going to win and it's going to be pretty close, I think. And that's just because of the climate that we're in. Right. With all the everything. So I'll take my turn. So I, th- I think you both have pretty optimistic predictions. Uh, I don't want Trump to win, but I actually think he's going to win. And I, I think that's for a couple of reasons. One, I think we're going to get record turnout. I know that was what they said in 2016 when the great threat was here. So the media would tell you. But uh, I absolutely think there's going to be a massive turnout from all right. demographics. The problem with a massive turnout is that Biden, it may be the same story as 2016, where Biden wins the popular vote because everyone in California submits a ballot. But then um, winning California doesn't swing the election it's kind of expected it's all electoral the electoral college was not changed so it's going to be a fight in the battleground states however i think both sides are going to cry foul play over the high voter turnout because it's way higher than ever i suspect if it is higher than ever that should be celebrated but then i think both sides are going to call foul play like they were just complaining about the absentee ballots right yeah i think both sides plan to complain about that uh based on regardless of outcome uh, and I think what also will happen is it may not be likely, but I, I strongly suspect that Oregon will have very high turnout and I think it will swing because I don't know if you've been to Oregon. Portland is very blue and Portland is very populated, but outside of Portland, it is a red state. They like people in Washington are just like, why bother? They're going to vote blue in the electoral vote. But there's a lot of people in Oregon that don't like what happened to their city, their, 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 their precious Portland. And they're just like, and, and the protests have tried leaving Portland. Like just the other day, like a bunch of like rioters went to Eugene, Oregon, and they were like kicked out by the locals, which was interesting. They got a very different reaction than they were expecting. And I live in a semi-rural, uh, I guess, small town. I mean, it, it doesn't really qualify as a small town. It's a Navy town, right? But I don't live in Seattle proper. And what happens in Seattle and all the crazy bullshit going on over there right now is not the case where I live, right? And it wasn't the case in Tacoma either when I lived there, uh, though Tacoma is a much larger place than where I live now. Um, Washington has a very similar story, but Oregon, it is more extreme. I have family that live in rural Oregon. It is way more red than rural Washington. So if they just all turn out to vote, I think Oregon may swing red, and I think that's going to be a huge upset in the election. But it may not win the election for Trump, but I still suspect that he's probably going to win. But I think that'll be the most interesting part is if Oregon swings red. Because I think all eyes are on Oregon right now because it's really weird what's going on down there. Well, there's some 60-odd days of protests going on currently right there. but It's over 70 I, now, but yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like 58 a couple of days ago, so I said 60. But I can see where the the states with large rural populations on part of the state that have been not exactly showing up or being able to do anything it's like a self-imposed voter suppression they just don't care because they're well not not necessarily it could just be because 
I don't want to piss anybody off. The conservative party in America is the minority by large uh, of registered voters. It only makes up some like 30% or something like that. So a lot of the places that are what I guess you could call as a purple state where it's Mm -hmm. got a big split, but there's enough population of either that it could be like that, but it's not really a swing state. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that those will be states to watch, but they aren't going to be as landslidey mm-hmm. and such, especially, like you said, the voter turnout is going to be high, or at least the cast ballots will be very high, and it will be in record numbers. Yeah, I definitely predict the record numbers, and I think both sides are going to both sides are going to criticize the the greater turnout, and they're going to be like, "This is suspicious." Especially the side that loses is going to probably going to play the most. Yeah, it's going to be real weird. And mm-hmm. so, if I take the spotlight back for a minute, there, I have more to say. So, I think I predict Oregon has a chance of flipping red. It may not, but I think it's potential. But I think Washington will stay blue, and the reason I think that is because Oregon. The riots in Portland, they're, they're riots, not protests. They are way worse than what happened in Seattle. What happened in Seattle, like, yeah, the cops were antagonizing the, the protesters and some of the rioting, right? Definitely caused by the police. Just today, there was a large counter-protest uh, against the defunding of Seattle Police Department, which is being voted on tomorrow. If the, 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 the init- What they're voting on is, do we cut their budget by half and fire like 100 people? You know, rather than cutting their equipment, their tanks, all that bullshit they don't need. Because they want to they want to fire cops. They want to reduce the number of police uh, because that's what they think the protesters want. Cause, well, the, what yeah. the protesters asked for was to abolish it, right? Uh, complete defund. Like, well, And it's actually realistic because in Seattle, the cops don't actually do anything. Well, most when people say abolish, what they really mean is the police union has too much power. Well, I don't. I don't care about that, right? The, the re- right. Well, the the rioters are not united on this. Like, there are some that just want the cops gone. Like, Seattle is where they had that 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 chop zone, if you recall, which ended very poorly. But the people that did that, they wanted no cops. They were like, we need to get rid of them all. There are other protesters that you know are more in line with what you said, where they're just like, we just need to like adjust where their funding goes. They don't need riot police and SWAT teams. They just need to respond to calls and stop killing people. And that's reasonable because Seattle, their police don't do shit. Like, I can speak this from experience. Like, if you witness property crime, like if you see someone breaking into another guy's car and you call SPD, right? They're just going to say, is it your car? And if you say no, they're going to be like, well, we'll send somebody later. Yeah. Thanks for your report. And if you see someone with shoplifted goods, like trying to sell it, maybe you walked by it on 3rd and Pike where that all happens. Uh, SPD has people at 3rd and Pike, and they allow it. And if you ask them about it, they're like, they shoplifted that from a Macy's. Are you the owner of the Macy's store? And you say, well, no. And they say, get lost. And, and, and if you say, you know, someone robbed me, and I, they're on the corner, they're reselling my stuff panhandling to the panhandlers, and they say, is it more than $1,000 of property? And you say, no, it was like an MP3 player or something, something cheap, I don't know. And they'd be like, you get lost, we don't care, right? Come back when it's more than $1,000 of damage. That, and also, in Seattle, downtown specifically, 
if you have two grams or less of narcotics on you, they will still detain you, but they will let you go. They will not put you in the cop car. They will not take you to the jail. They will just well, let you go. I, I agree with that. They will take your substance if it's a certain substance. and well, They don't take it. They, they won't. Certain substances are typically taken. But... Uh, not by the SPD, but though. The, SPD doesn't do it. Well, that's that's when you get into talking about decriminalization of certain drugs. And they might be a lot more lax. And if it's under two grams, cool. Like, I don't care. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I personally am a big fan of having safe injection sites and everything. Because they have been shown, not only in America, but worldwide. Because we did used to have them. And some states still had them up until I think seventy five that their drug use was limited and actually began to decline because when you're say a heroin addict, which is what most safe injection sites are talked about, and you go in, well, you're not gonna die on the street sharing a needle and get AIDS, so you're combating AIDS you have the opportunity to be there if you really don't want to be on drugs and a lot of those people don't want to be on drugs they're just you know in a shitty shitty spot and the only way that they can move on is continue to do the drugs that are holding them back and they're heavily addicted to and just the withdrawals can kill them they can go to these places and the staff the medical staff there can help them and slowly wean them off this to make sure that when they right do begin going through the withdrawals they don't die and that doesn't mean they're you know not gonna be at risk of relapse or anything but there is avenues there to assist and let them get off these drugs and become productive members of society again that aren't you know just sucking mm -hmm. dick for a hit in the back alley right Th those things are reasonable and those things should happen because drug reform is important but that's not happening in seattle and when they do take people like if you have do a bunch of drugs and you have a psychotic episode right they will detain you they will take you yeah. to the station but they will release you the next day uh and they probably won't even charge you with a crime uh which is probably good for them because they they'd be effed right but like minor robbery and minor assault they'll still let you go yeah, there's a certain lax, lackadaisy behavior, but but what I'm trying to I, I could quote like news yeah. stories and stuff that I've I've seen, but like it, it's bad, right? It's really bad. So that that's what frustrates me about the defund SPD argument that the protesters are a little conflicted on. Uh, what the city council is doing to appease the protesters and rioters is, oh, let's just fire a bunch of police officers to cut budget. Oh, and we're gonna fire the diverse ones because um, it's based on seniority. So it would roll back like 10 years of diverse hiring. So the only people left on the force would be all the old white people. That's one of the big issues because a lot of those old white people are making six figures. Not a lot of them, but there are, they are making substantial sums of money that is absolutely absurd. And that's another thing that people talk about when they say defund the police, because there, there are people making a quarter million dollars a year or more who are officers. And it's like, what the hell? And they're 60 or 70 years old. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? There's plenty of stories about it. I'm going to, I'm going to want to look that one up. Cause that seems like crazy.
Like, who pays a police officer that much money? That sounds like they're whoever approved that needs to be fired. But I wanted to clear up that um the the first steps towards safe injection sites and everything is a decriminalization because if you don't decriminalize to a certain degree, then you're just having all your drug addicts put in prison and then that's costing the state more and more money and that will cost more money over a safe injection site being, you know, created and existing than if there wasn't one. So you have to you have to put the building blocks down, right? Because if you don't have the building blocks, right. the doctors can't do anything. And on the topic of doctors, did y'all know Dr. Disrespect is back to streaming? Dude, the 2X champion has returned. I don't actually watch Dr. Disrespect, but watching his return was pretty awesome. Like, normally, I just think, oh, Twitch streamers. I, I mainly only watch Victim because he's when he streams a video game that I like. To be quite honest, it's the truth. But, you know, sometimes I watch Commander Series play Planetside. There's a certain level of bias here that I feel attacked about, Dylan. The, I, I used... I, I every time I tune in, you're playing some weird mobile game. Excuse uh, me. Last like <laughs> many times I've been streaming, I've been playing roguelikes. Ah uh, yes, Need for Speed, my favorite roguelike. Wait a minute, what's your Twitch name? I'm gonna follow you right now. That's why uh -huh. it's, it's Sarge DeBarge. Also, uh, Need for Speed was a roguelike when my computer was apparently having all the trouble. <laughs> so I wasn't following you. So when I turn notifications back on to get victims notifications, I never noticed you go live. So that's probably why if I have downtime at work, maybe I'll tune in. That makes sense. I'm so but sorry, yeah, sorry. To, there, <laughs> but but to talk about Dr. Disrespect, there was a huge drama and everything. And according to him, he still doesn't know why he was banned off Twitch. But he came and he started streaming on YouTube and it was posting insane concurrent viewer numbers it wasn't the highest ever but it was a lot and he wasn't even doing anything yeah it was doc being doc he was you know yeah he was in the gym he was going over to his his yeah. pre-game room he was showing you his fancy cars you know the champions club doing what the champions club does which and if you don't know like it's just him in front of a it's his gym and his fancy cars is him in front of a green screen with like, what do you mean? No, it's not. He really has that gym in those fancy <laughs> uh -huh. Have you seen the city that he lives in? It is so futuristic. And he has a penthouse. Dude, he is the uh -huh. two-time champion. You will put some respect on the name Disrespect, okay? I never watched Dr. Disrespect before. I just knew he was a cool dude and has a, a cool attitude. I've seen some clips of him actually playing video games. But like, I tuned into his stream because I'm like, he's on YouTube. This is This is history. Let's tune in, see what he's like. And seeing him off video game, just talking, like the production value was crazy for one. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude is entertaining. Like, that's it. This, I, I know it's a character, it's an act. It reminds me of watching the WWE when I was young. And I'm just like, this dude gets it. This is really fucking entertaining. I could see why people watch him live when he's on. Cause he's not just, he's not like Shroud, who I do like Shroud. I, I mostly watch his highlights though. But like Shroud just kind of sits at a in front of his camera, talks and plays, and he's really skilled. That's cool. Yeah. 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 He's less a personality and more like the entertainment value of him just being really good. 
No, no, even right. Not, not to say he's not a personality. He's just yeah, less of he, than that. Yeah, he's he's not over the top of this personality. He's just being him. Whereas Doctor Disrespect or Guy Beam is literally, like Dylan said, a wrestling character where it's him. Yeah. You know, with maybe some minor tweaks and then just turned up to 11. And it's what makes the best characters. And he's not as good as Shroud, but he's he's up there. And if Doc is listening to this, uh, you're better than Shroud. What's up? But uh, Also, while we were on our break since our last episode, Mixer died. What the hell happened there? Oops. My, Microsoft said, eh, fuck it, we're bored. Microsoft said, uh, let's go pay for like the top two streamers on Twitch, Shroud and Ninja, and more. Uh, which then made Dr. Disrespect the number one streamer on Twitch uh, at the time. <laughs> and then Mixer dies. They uh, Shroud and Ninja both refused to renew their contract with the now Facebook Gaming, which is what Mixer became. Which, what that tells me is Facebook has a lot of cloud space in Microsoft Azure cloud, and that's probably what Facebook gaming is. It's Mixer with a paint job. Facebook gaming it was something that existed before uh, Mixer. It, it's, it was, it's, it, yeah, but it's its own entity. Uh, I think it was Disguised Toast was the, the one of the ones that they, they hired him on, paid him a bunch of money to come over. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but. Yeah, Facebook gaming was the first poachers, but what I think happened was Microsoft was getting bored or they weren't seeing the returns that they expected because they were like, well, Twitch is huge and they're making all this money and Amazon is fucking killing it with it. So what if we, another big company, create a streaming platform and then we poach some of you know their biggest people and then mm-hmm. we'll be making that money. They didn't really stick it out or – and that could just be because Corona. But no, I think Facebook might have seen – well, no, I mean, they no, might no, have not Twitter. stuck it out because of Corona. I, I I think Microsoft fumbled. Like, So Shroud said on stream that there was a bunch of plans to do a bunch of like promotional material for Mixer, like more like of his announcement video where a camera crew comes to his house and they like they do a bunch of cool skits and stuff. Yeah. Right. Like that was all planned. And then Corona hit and they just didn't do it. And then like, I think Microsoft just kind of divested. Yeah, I, I think it's because of Corona hitting that they didn't end up sticking it out. And Facebook saw that there was a uh, large amount of technology or whatever that was sitting there. And it was very good. They, they had lightning in a bottle with those acquisitions. And then all the hype died off when they didn't do anything I with think it. there was certain things that facebook didn't have that microsoft did and when microsoft started getting bored facebook was given the opportunity to you know pick up the ip to a degree with some funding and the zuck said yeah let's do it because he buys up fucking everything instagram whatsapp etc sorry victim you've been trying to say something for a minute yeah, I, I'd say the big thing though is I don't think I don't think I think the same thing would have happened, Corona or not. In fact, it may have even made it go faster because realistically, Twitch has just boomed. Like it, it's it's gone above and beyond. I think the issue is that while they while Mixer had a good high end, they didn't have a good low end. Like Twitch has an amazing like all round kind of set of communities, right? Like uh, being a small streamer myself getting to like watch and look and experience how like small streamers do it way differently than it used to be like five years ago when these bigger streamers were first becoming a thing but mixer just didn't have that they, they didn't have they didn't have a community there so like their partnered streamers their big dogs were like 
a hundred. And then they're like colossal dogs, which were like the next step up were tens to hundreds of thousands. So it's like they weren't making money off of just them alone. And that was the major issue. See, I think that what you're seeing, you're not seeing the whole picture. It's again, because of Corona, because they had these other plans for marketing and so on and so forth to try and bolster those numbers and create a better space. Cause you've got to remember Twitch was just in TV and just, this is, it's been 10, 15 years since its existence, right? They have been in this. They're also backed by the richest corporation on earth. Now. Yes. But they've, uh, they've been built and have existed effectively for a very very long time so to come in you have to hit hard i think microsoft fully planned to come in and hit it out of the park and really attempt to give it to them but then the rona hit and everything kind of started falling apart and to save money and continue to be profitable and everything they had to start making cuts and when you start making cuts you can start cutting little things and nickel and dime it or you can go, well, we've invested, you know, a hundred million in this and we will spend a hundred million yearly. But there's an issue because we're not getting that back right now because of this virus and everything. There's people are holding onto their money. They're not paying for these things and so on and so forth that would make this profitable for us. So they had to back out of that to stay semi-profitable or actually just fully profitable i see what you're getting at but i think the main thing though is that with that added money that they would have spent forth for like marketing advertising whatever i think that it just wouldn't have went anywhere because i mean think about it like this when they when they first brought out over ninja and shroud the them the poaching in general was not considered a good move it, it kind of painted mixer as the villain not as much as like epic games when they started poaching because, I mean, that's a larger community, realistically. But, the but the, you know, the Twitch community didn't like it. They didn't think it was cool. And so it didn't really garner trust, if that makes sense. So while it brought in a large number of people, it brought in a large number of people that were on the fence and were just testing it out because favorite streamer A and B were on, their, on the platform. And so I don't think any number, like, of advertising really would have helped. I think, realistically, that money should have just been spent on infrastructure made the site like better made it function better because twitch still has ton- I, I had the issue the night where my chat just like shut off and just like cool awesome thanks twitch it, all that all they had to really do is build a better platform and then let it grow naturally which would probably hurt them in the, in the pocket for a little bit but if they just stuck with it it may have actually made them a legitimate competitor to twitch they just never got to that point and i don't think advertising their platform would have really helped see you don't understand the power of marketing controversy creates cash right so poaching people and people being like oh that's controversial good that's fine right uh it's it's to to make it very layman's terms in an analogy if you were one of the people who went out and bought a bunch of toilet paper and were trying to resell it and you know you bought up the masks and the hand sanitizer and shit and you were trying to resell it like when the Rona started coming and showing up and everything. And then imagine if you did that for a week and you bought all of it. You have hundreds, thousands even, rolls of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and so on. And then the Rona just vanished. You would be fucked. Actually, can I talk about that for a second here? Because think of the view or the listener, right? Hello, future listener in 2030, binging our show. So 
what we haven't really talked about is between last episode and this one, there's this global pandemic called the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, also known as a bunch of other shit you might have heard of. So for context, right, this is a statistically, uh, it doesn't actually kill very many people that get infected, but it's highly contagious. So a lot of people that are at risk of dying from it are dying from it because they're definitely getting infected. And so to contain the spread, because that's the real danger is the spread, right? Um, people have been like working from home. A lot of places have shut down and are prevented from opening. And it's a really hard time for a lot of people. I'm actually really fortunate that I work from home. I used to commute to Seattle. Uh, now I'm just working from home in my dope ass office that I have set up uh, pictures on uh, shipbuster.club slash But yeah, like that's happening right now. And there's no end in sight at the record speeds. The medical science is, is trying to develop some sort of vaccine that may or may not work and sketches some people out because it's like experimental and hastily developed. But like we need something because we cannot sustain this. They're trying to get in at the next GDQ at this rate, but uh, I don't think they're going to make it. Yeah. So that virus is scary. Um, the three of us aren't really at risk of dying from I mean, Sarge is at risk of dying from it. Uh, me and Victim would be fine. <laughs> My dad, my dad actually caught the virus and he is at risk because he's both old and he has COPD. So I was actually really scared that he, he might kick the bucket from the virus. And it was one of the worst illnesses he ever had, but he pulled through like a champion and it was awesome. Uh, but he totally caught the virus and that sucked ass. It's kind of funny that you, the, that you mentioned that too, because pretty early on, like right before, like it was really a big known thing, the whole coronavirus, we, I had heard that this flu season was going to be fucking like abysmal and then i caught what i thought was the flu and for five straight days i was fucking out bedridden got up just to eat drink because i forced myself to had breathing problems my heart rate was all over the fucking place sucked ass uh for like a week after that i was like recovering no con no confirmations i didn't get tested or anything but uh i may have actually fucking caught the coronavirus you know i also had the flu this year and it might have been the coronavirus also there was a lot of like conflicting information early on like there were a lot of people who were trying to say like oh it's stop staying inside it's racist to think that you can't go to chinatown go celebrate the holiday and then they like 180 really fast so if you don't know it originated from china during a very important chinese holiday where lots of chinese people living abroad that are from china return to china for the holiday the great homecoming I have no idea. I think it was like Chinese New Year. That that is a cultural thing that Chinese people do. I mentioned I, I didn't give any numbers, but uh, what I what I said was it, it's very infectious and it affects a lot of people. It's more infectious than probably any other pandemic or epidemic we've had. But the actual death rate versus infection is not so bad. Yes, but there are variables to it. But it infects so many people that the number of people that have died is quite large. Something like a 0.5% death rate, right? Which isn't that much when you think in just that number. But 0.5% of Americans is something like 1.195 million. Now, if, if all of those right. people were to catch and it... Every person on Earth is probably going to get infected with this thing at this rate. Now, imagine if all 1.195 million people caught it and there wasn't proper tracing of contacts and everything so that they were then infecting other people and they went to the hospital and they had you know possible chance to infect even more people because it's again highly infectious and then on top of all of that 
the hospitals are then slammed. They are full. The nurses and everything are getting sick, so they're becoming short-staffed. It's becoming a large issue, a pandemic. And when mm-hmm. that happens and it's all slammed, you then have to take into account uh, any drugs that they're using for treatments or any ma- uh, machines and etc. that they're using for treatment. And it quickly goes from a 0.5% to extremely high. And you can see that in places that uh, were not prepared or were not given certain machines and aid that they needed when they became giant hotspots. And I'm talking about metropolitan areas like New York, for example, where many of the deaths in America have happened. And if you then continue to rapidly spread the disease and that's why we were all locked down and we social distance and everything and wear masks and such because you don't want to catch it uh you could easily overload all the hospitals and well to be clear sarge uh, the the mask prevents you from the mask prevents you from giving it to somebody else i mean if you want to stand like like an inch from someone's face and like have them breathe on you through the mask you could still get it but like we're, t- we're talking about stopping like breath sneezing like contaminating a handrail that someone touches and they touch their face like they do work like anyway uh before victim talks i i don't mean to minimize it to numbers on a paper right there are obviously way more complications from having full hospitals and everything is a big deal like if if your arm is severed because you walked out into the street and got hit by a bus and the hospital's full of covid patients like you're 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 not getting that arm back you probably weren't anyway, but you might. You're not getting that arm back, and since they still have to treat you in the hospital, you're get, you're also getting COVID. That too, and then so there's other complications like that. Also, hospitals are being like incentivized to mark the people that die there as COVID deaths if they can prove it. To be fair, uh, some doctors have talked on that note. Apparently, what they try to do now is if they had COVID and they had it like symptoms from it. They'll list it on the death certificate aside from another complication that they think may have actually been the cause. So it'll be like both of them listed. The issue is is that when you go look at record keeping, it looks like it's all listed as one thing, but it generally isn't. So it's not the doctors doing the wrong. It's whoever's doing the record keeping. Probably I'm saying that without not being fully educated on it, but that's that's my understanding. Another fucked up thing is a couple months into the lockdown, hospitals stopped seeing other patients for other problems because they're too scared to go to the doctor, which caused them to have to lay off medical staff and sometimes even doctors because they weren't making enough money, which is like the opposite of what you think would be the case. Like these hospitals should be packed in like this great health crisis. And then they're, they're laying off doctors because nobody's coming in for their other problems because they're afraid to catch COVID for the hospital. Yeah, I mean, what what I actually kind of boiled down to, at least from my understanding, uh, I, I know a couple of people who work in hospitals, is that the bigger hospitals got super packed. The smaller ones were only packed with people that were sent there, and nobody went to any hospitals if they thought they did, you know, were going to get catch COVID. So these smaller, lesser hospitals, uh, or I say lesser, there may not have been, but uh, ended up with like way less. So they ended up like taking a hit because of it. Something you wanted to say, Sarge? I want to move on from this depressing topic. Yeah, I just wanted to say I've heard about the incentivization thing, and I've heard many different stories about it. I have no idea what anybody is talking about when they say that, because the main incentivization that I've heard about is if you have a COVID death, you apparently get, according to this incentivization and this 
I don't know where the data comes from or where any of this comes from, but they were saying you get like $35,000. And I was like, okay, but what is that? Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if that's true, because if it was true... Like, I don't think that anybody would be like, oh, you got a death from COVID? Well, here's 35 grand. Congratulations. Like, it kind of is true. Have you seen the crazy high hospital bills that, that people have been going home with when they survive COVID and had to be hospitalized? It's like... Yeah. Uh, it's like seven figures. That stu- see, that stuff is supposed to be uh, all like a free system i guess is what i've heard i there's so much misinformation and stuff around this that i we're all three of us are just far too fucking stupid to talk about it and that's coming from me who's worked in healthcare for 12 years right i just know someone that who who was laid off from a hospital that wasn't very busy anymore because people are too scared to go that's all i know yeah. for real i don't know how yeah. much money changes hands when you report a covid death but I've heard the rumors that hospitals are incentivized to report as many COVID deaths as they can to make ends meet because they're struggling with lack of patients that aren't COVID patients. It's it's material costs. They're they're given apparatuses and machines, and I'm sure some of it is straight money, but they're just given stuff to be able to do things for these patients and stuff. We don't know, but it's super believable, like any good conspiracy theory. <laughs> But uh, again, we don't know, and I have no way to prove it to anyone Like that money changes hands for them doing this. I, I can't prove it to anybody, and it's not even really worth discussing. I've thought about this a lot because I've heard about it a lot, and it's like none of this makes sense. Yes, people are getting laid off, and absolutely, I'd be terrified to go to the fucking hospital right now. In fact, I had to be on antibiotics for the last uh, couple weeks back, and I found something on my phone that I could get a doctor's appointment and everything on the cheap through text and a voice call, not like even like FaceTime type stuff. And I was able to get antibiotics and just completely avoid a doctor's office and everything and not have to risk the Rona, which was great. When I last took my kids to the doctor, we like had to wait in the parking lot and call them and said, yeah, we're here. And then they would walk out with like a sign that had a number on it. And that's when I knew it's time to go yeah, in. That's fucking wild. And there wasn't another human in yeah, sight. That's fucking wild. <laughs> it's just a weird world that we live in right now. So dear listener from 2030, I hope it gets better 10 years from now. We'll see. I hope this side of the planet or this planet side is substantially better. Speaking of planet sides, though, planet side two is apparently getting a lot and is in a really good place right now. So I wanted to shout out Planet Side 2 because I think I mentioned it. Oh, I almost fell on my chair. I wanted to mention Planet Side 2 because um, I put it in in the notes for the show. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. No, so I wanted to mention Planet Side 2 because we've been playing it a lot lately. I'm going to play it after we finish recording this episode, in fact. Basically, Planet Side is... The wife, not the mistress, it is the one video game that our group always goes back to without exception. Like Until Minecraft drags us back. I mean, we all met on Minecraft. Well, not me and Sarge, but, you know, me and everybody else. <laughs> we met on Minecraft. That's how Melomancy came to be. Uh, check out episode one if you want to hear more. But uh, beware of the recording quality. I didn't know how to edit back then. But episode one. And he only edited it because I was far too perfectionist and I was going to make it sound pristine but it would have took like three weeks yeah and it wasn't sustainable so i do all the editing no um so yeah if if you recall episode one 
the majority of us all met on a Minecraft server. That's all in the past. We moved on from that collectively as a group, which partially inspired this podcast because we, we get on voice chat and we just talk all the time and we had a lot of record worthy moments and we're just like, we should just have a podcast and just get it out of our system. We can invite people on and sometimes we do. Uh, I'd like to do more of that though. So Planet Side is one of the games we picked up after Minecraft that um, stuck. Like, yeah, we played a lot of Warframe. I want to talk more about Warframe later if we've got time. Probably don't have time for that this episode, but I, I did want to talk about it. Uh, but we've tried also Guild Wars 2. That one stuck a little bit because it was in a better state. With Warframe, I think we need to get back into it and play it some more before we talk about it. But, I mean, I've tried. I, I played it last night, in fact. Like, I've been trying to catch up, but nobody seems to care. Maybe it's something you and me can play together, Sarge, because I know it's fun. And we're both, like, around the same power level. I have a lot of things I never did, but I have a lot completed where I can do endgame stuff. So it's like, I'm in this weird position in Warframe where it's like, I have, like, the power to do almost any content. There's a lot of content with uh, lengthy end goals that I have not done. Yeah. Like, I still haven't built my Railjack. I mean, the next piece is currently building. I don't even sure. Know what that is. You don't even know what that is. And they're releasing new stuff soon. And I, I wanted, maybe I should talk about it. Nah, next episode. We'll bring it up next time because I'll have played it some more. Is that, I'll, I'll, I'll add the gripes to, to that episode. Yeah. TLDR, new stuff coming. It's hype. Victim doesn't care. And neither does anybody else. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. Yeah, I might be alone, but if Sarge wanted to come with me, it might be a good, a good time. It's a very grindy game, but it's like I can zone out and like listen to podcasts while I play it. Not, no other game has that for me. Yeah. So that's something that I've been missing in my life, and I want it back, uh, which is why I was getting back into it. That's why I've been playing a lot of roguelikes, is I can zone out and like record or, yeah. uh, I mean, listen to podcasts. Yeah. Like last night, I was listening to our previous episode while playing some Warframe, like getting ready for this recording. Ah. Like it's just, it's the most comfortable position, except for commuting to and from work, which I no longer do. It's the most comfortable position to listen to the show for me. It's just natural. Yeah. So I want to play it more. But uh, what I can't zone out to is Planet Side because that game is a thrill. So Planet Side 2, combined arms. Tank battles, airplanes, ground fighting all at once in a big open area. Not an open world. It's just a shooting game with three teams and a big map. A really big map. Like kilometers in size. Massive. It's actually great. Yeah. It's actually great. And it had many, many years of stagnation. And then Daybreak Games, which owned the rights to Planetside and was maintaining it, decided, hey, we're just going to be a publisher. And before they did this, Planetside released a DirectX 11 update, which brought us back into it from a lengthy hiatus. Like I said, we always go back, but we were taking the longest break we've ever taken from it at the time. And it was like, we need to go back. It's time. It made sense. And it was a big population boom for the game at the time because that update was really hype. And then shortly afterwards, Daybreak Games says, okay, guys, we only want to be publishers now. So all the devs we had working a little bit on every game in our library, they're all getting sectioned off into their own brand new companies that work exclusively on their games. So if one game does well, that company can like hire more staff or just like make the game better. What happened with the DX11 update with Planetside, it brought new players in, it brought money to Daybreak, and then they spent it on EverQuest or some other shit, right? Nope, like, they spent it on a battle royale that no one played. Oh, yeah. That does, that's not. God damn it! 
That's not important. What is important is that battle royale failed quickly. It didn't even exit beta. They like had a beta, everyone hated it, and they canceled it. Oof. And then basically they they did the division, and then so Rogue Planet Games <laughs> now owns Planet Side, and they are awesome, and they have added more content in the last six months than we've seen in the last like five years. And more is coming, and it's coming fast. And we now have complete feature parity with the console version of the game. That was the most recent update was complete feature parity because the console version was uh, behind. Like they got the same DirectX 11 update. I mean, that doesn't matter for consoles, but like they got the same set of quality of life changes that came with the DirectX 11 update for consoles. And then they never got updated again while we steadily got new shit. And now they have been caught up, which was a huge effort. And now they're, they're doing full steam ahead to the next content release. I'm thinking we're probably going to get a new map. There might be changes to maps. They've teased a lot of shit. Some shit they've teased doesn't sound good, but there's so much else to the game that it's probably fine. I mean, even then, like, look at the last two updates. Or we can even just focus on the uh, on the latest one, like the tank. But, like, pretty much everything that they've released has been pretty big. It's been well-received, well and it's just... I don't know. I it's 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 funny to look at a game that did so much wrong, then did a little bit right, and then looked like it was just going to crash and burn because you know publishers weren't treating it fairly, to then just explode into releasing a fucking giant spaceship that you can fly around in, or a fucking giant fucking tank that's designed to blow it out of the fucking sky. You know, like I know, I loved it. It was like oh here's a, a giant ship that you and your outfit with 30 people can go pilot and then nobody else can do it. Uh, and you can only have one per faction at a time. And then, oh, you small factions over there. Do you want a weapon specifically built to take it out that only takes six people to man and a couple of supporting vehicles, which you could easily do? Here you go. And it's like, damn, what are they going to do next? So what they teased, uh, someone broke it apart on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit, whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's an old game with a small community. Get over it. Someone broke it down and is predicting, and I, I, I subscribe to the theory, they're probably going to experiment with some kind of battle royale mode, or at least some sort of alert-based permadeath. That would be neat. With uh, shrinking zones. Like, imagine you're playing on Ezemir, an alert starts, and that alert is a snowstorm that gets bigger and bigger and cuts off areas of the map uh, and breaks the respawn system in lore and gives you basically permadeath, or... A structured permadeath where maybe you get a couple lives or maybe you get one life per hex maybe you go back to the warp gate every time that would be cool and like that would be cool they, there's a lot of cool ways they could pull it off that isn't bullshit yeah it they could turn it off at any time like the storm cleared guys Esmir's back that would be cool too and the other maps they might not even get touched so i mean if, if, if it's bad we can just not play Esmir. that's fine that's really not my favorite map. it's the it. only map i blend in on though that's because of your camo pattern. Oh, but so Planetside 2 is in a better place than it ever was. And if you ever thought about playing it, you don't have to go in alone. Sign up on the Emerald server, new conglomerate, the best team, and just come by our Discord server, which is linked on our podcast website, and we'll play with you. We've recently been playing some other stuff, but um, at least on the weekends, we've been still playing Planetside. Right, right now, what everyone's doing is we're playing Ark. I mean, I, I've played it once with, with Victim and, and Rick, but um, it's fun. It's fun, but I, would, I wouldn't play it alone. It's not a game I'd play alone, but when everyone's on, it's fun. So uh, we've been doing a lot of that with a private server. Not so private. I mean, anyone can join if you want to 
hang out, but that's fun and happening right now. Uh, but after we record this, I'm definitely going to jump on Planet Side. Victim. Yes. Instead of talking about games we like, what's up with you and mobile games? Oh, God. So, I guess a little bit of backstory. Um, I've always, ever since I got a phone, I hated it. I fucking, I was the kid in high school. I was like, I don't need one of these fucking things. I pretended like I was 80 years old. I finally got one. I was like, okay, these things are pretty, pretty convenient. But I had a shitty, dinky old phone that I couldn't do anything with. So, uh, I begged my mama at some point to um, ha- help me buy a new one. I was like, hey, let's do this thing. Like, haha. Uh, so now I, uh, I play a lot of phone games. Uh, fuck, if you remember, Dylan, I started with that dream girlfriend game where <laughs> I built my I remember. <laughs> you built your own waifu and then you dated her and she was 2D. I did it as a fucking joke, but then I was like, after like, this. you know, after dumping a couple hours, like, fuck, I'm a little, I'm a little invested now. I'm like, you know, she's kind of cute. It's like, <laughs> God, what am I doing? Fuck. I hate this. God damn it. I hate everything. Anyways. I'm very uncomfortable with the energy that we have created in the studio today. I just yeah. need to let you guys know that. So I finally, I finally caved. I found a mobile game that I actually generally enjoy. Um, I won't, I won't plug it or shill it just because. I know that's a that's a nightmare for people. It's a gotcha, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's 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 uh, Ark Knights. <sighs> you guys have probably seen like ads for it and shit. I have seen the ads. It, it's actually genu- genuinely fun, and to my surprise, had a story mode that wasn't utter ass because I just assumed that they were going to spend like zero time on it. But uh, it was enjoyable. There's there's definitely some some enjoyment to be had there. But you know, whatever. I I, I enjoyed it. I dumped like 130 bucks into it over like the six or eight months I've been playing it. I forgot how long it's been. But yeah, I don't, I don't regret that. What I do regret, uh, though, is uh, my favorite JRPG series, the Tales of series. If, for those of you who don't know, it's like Tales of Destiny, Fantasia, Symphonia, Vesperia, so on and so forth. Um, I think the latest one is Brazoria. Uh, but they decided, they, they, they have a ton of mobile games. They've been mobile games since fucking Motorola phones and fucking Nokia flip phones and shit. Did they have a game on the Engage? I prob- probably. I, I would not doubt. Do you know what the engage is? Yes, I, I, I was, I, I actually, when they first released one of those, I begged my dad, I'm like, we gotta get one of these. It's gonna be new fucking shit, hot shit. It, you, it was hot. You could play shit. Tony Hawk on it. <laughs> it, it. It wasn't the new hot shit. It just was hot shit, you know. But they decided to release a new mobile game. But instead of it being, you know, an action RPG like the fucking entire series up to this point, decided it's gonna be turn based. It's gonna be turn based with like literally no fucking mechanics behind it. So. It's got a really good story, but in order to experience that story, I have to fucking drag my goddamn feet, bash my head up against a brick wall, and then just fucking have someone curb stomp me into it. It is that fucking painful to play this game. I hate it so much. It, it's like if they turned Dark Souls into a visual novel. It's like, this isn't <laughs> what I record. came for. Yeah, basically. That's what have you good... done? I would like the record to show that uh, Victim is currently playing that video game. <laughs> I am. That's the worst fucking part. He's like, you'd have to smash my head and do this as he plays. I, I'm. It's just like it's just so, it's just grinding, and I might as well just click the auto button. There's no gameplay. It's just it's just let the game do what the fuck it wants, and I get to experience the cool story afterwards. See, we need to bring Trio Dog on the show so he can tell you to play the Mega Ten Gotcha game. Which I recommended to you on Twitter with the brand account when it didn't launch on your phone because you installed this Tales of game and it didn't even oh, run. Oh fuck! That's the <laughs> yeah. Like even to this day, apparently people I can't get it to know. run. 
It, it's on to my I didn't even know boiler. you fixed it. Oh, I got it fixed because apparently if you change the emulator, I had to get an emulator on my, on my computer. I can't. I still can't play it on my phone. Um, but yeah, if that, you change that, the single core instead of all core, it works for some reason. Welcome to optimization, uh, I guess. It's like slamming your nuts in a car door. Like you're going so far above and beyond to do a thing that you don't like. Exactly. <laughs> it's so. This is what pain. This you, is what pain feels like. You just want to make sure you can still feel pain. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that like you know after a while you kind of get numb to things. You're like, eh, it is something that makes me want to like I don't know slap my I don't know just cut my arm off or something. I, I couldn't think of a fucking greater analogy. I get it. I actually have a, so. You're you're chasing nostalgia, even though it's not nostalgic at all. Uh, using an emulator that's hard to use to to enjoy something that is not enjoyable. I've done this. I replayed the original Dragon Guard game on an emulator within the last five years. That game does not age well, and that game is intentionally designed to piss you off and and make you suffer because of like weird story beats. I guess like it's painful on purpose, and it's even worse when you emulate. And I still did it. I still did it, but I've already beaten it before and I was nostalgic. So that's a little better, but I did put myself through that. You want to know what the worst part is though? Like it, with all this emulation that you've been doing, you could have just been playing dot hack revolution. I mean, instead. That, that's a, that's a very fair point. That's, that is the truth. <laughs> um, but that's I, what I would just do. buy <laughs> the... you on steam and probably be fine. But no, uh, the, the, the worst part is, is that I, I'm, I'm being genuinely honest. Uh, Tales of Crestoria. This is this is the mobile one. It, it has a genuinely good story. It's like it, it has it, you know it's got like it, a lot of like edge to it, not edginess, but like like actual like good edge. And it's got like an like an amazing set of twists and characters actually do things that are fucking horrible. And you're not supposed to you know sympathize with everything they do, but you're supposed to sympathize with enough of it. It's actually well written, and it worries me because they have a mainline game coming for consoles and PC called Tales of Arise. And my brain is like, well, if the mobile game's this good, does that mean that they don't have any writers working on the game that actually fucking matters? I fucking hope. I hope not, dude. Oh, that would hurt my soul so much. It's like if Brave Exvius had an amazing story, mm. but it made, but it, you know, it's the reason Final Fantasy 16 fucking flops. Brave Exvius does have a really good story. Listen, don't yeah, don't hate on Brave Exvius, man. <laughs> I need 16 to be good. So I have some mobile games installed on my phone. You know what I did? I was like, you know what? For my downtime, I should install some mobile games, and I picked out some good ones. I got Sandship. That's like Diet Factorio, right? Oh yes. I got AI Dungeon. I got un uh, un <coughs> unciv, which is an open source civilization clone. Why? Um, and and you know what? Um, the only one of all of them that I've actually opened up and played is Minesweeper. He's like, I have all these games, and I don't have much time, and I couldn't bring myself so to I'm play gonna, them. So I'm gonna get a civilization because I have no time to play video games. So it's like, oh, I'm going to download these, and when I have downtime, it's going to be a good time. And then uh, downtime never came, and then I was like, well, I got Minesweeper. See, downtime for me is when I'm supposed to be sleeping. Hold on. How does Minesweeper work? So it's a grid of tiles. You click a tile, and, and you, it reveals... like you cross your fingers. It's either yes, got a mine... I get it. Yeah. You either, you either stepped on a landmine and died, or you clicked on a number... 
Or you clicked on a void space. And if you click on a void space, it reveals all the spaces around it until you hit numbers. And basically, the number is how many mines are adjacent in any of the nine directions around you. Up, down, left, right, all the diagonals. How many mines are adjacent to this square? So if it's one, you can kind of guesstimate like, okay, well, I have all these ones surrounding a single tile. I think there's a mine yeah, that, there, guys. That would make sense. <laughs> so you put a flag on it, right? And then if it's a three and there's like a block to the left that's surrounded by ones and then there's like some bullshit in the top right corner, you're like, okay, there's a mine there. Don't know what's in that corner though. So you click somewhere else and then it ah. just falls together until uh, the puzzle becomes less random chance and more calculated. I, I know where they okay, are now. That makes sense. And if you uncover all the tiles that aren't mines by clicking on them, you automatically win. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that the first time you tap a tile in in, in a fresh game of Minesweeper, you're basically playing a gotcha game? But without the credit card. Welcome to the outro, the outro to the outro, the outro to the Bellamancy Podcast, episode 21, the outro. Welcome to the outro. I was just going to keep saying it until you stopped me, but then you didn't. <laughs> oh, no, I was just kind of curious how long you were going to end, like where you were going to end with that, but. I was Welcome really to the outro. Interested. My name is Dylan. Uh... No, let's just keep it, keep it professional. Totally not going to edit any of this. This is, um, this is the outro. This entire thing. The outro, the We're outro, ending. the outro. This is the outro. You can find us on mailmates.net. be here anymore. Bye. You can follow me at shipposter.club slash Dylon. You can follow Victim somewhere else because he's not in Shipposter Club like all the yeah. cool kids. You can, uh, you... Even Sarge is on Shipposter Club. He has 10 posts. Listen, man, I'm a hipster, all right? Actually, no, I'm the opposite of a hipster. Whatever the fuck that is. So in a future episode, maybe not next episode, but in a near future episode, uh, I want to bring some people on to talk about the Fetty. Maybe we can convince Victim to make an account somewhere. Talk about the what? You see, you don't even know. You have an account there and you don't even know. Maybe we could do it live. I actually went on a 30 minute rant in episode 20, the previous episode, about this very thing. And you, of course, don't remember. So obviously it didn't stick. We should I should rant again. But this is the outro. So if you go to melomancy.net slash contact us, you can find where all our social media profiles are. Bye.